Hey everyone, Evan Damerel here, co-host of Locked On Cavs. Joining me on today's show is Sly Hooper podcast host Jordan Christmas, where we talk about all things Andre Drummond, and we play a little bit of Keep Yourself with some Cavs players. My answer for Colin Sexton may surprise you. But today's episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBDPM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier and to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Empty to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanchunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie, Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Joining me now is host of the Sly Hooper Pod and co-host of Box Out Banter and my former co-worker at Hashtag Basketball and forever friend of the pod, Jordan Christmas. Jordan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. It feels like I haven't talked to you in, well, about a week since you came on my po- my podcast last yeah, week. Yeah, that was a fun time. Um, yeah, it was definitely a fun time. You would think uh, a team, well, the Cavs have been struggling uh, lately, but they were still interesting nonetheless, and I've loved it. I have well at the beginning when the, you know the vibes were good uh yeah. I had I I enjoyed it and so you know I had to have you on last week so we could talk some calves for an hour and a half and uh yes we're we're running it back again Yeah no it's uh this team will never go away as long as we're friends and I don't see that changing anytime <laughs> soon so it'll be the common factor here and for those of you who may not know Andre Drummond is no longer playing with the Cleveland Cavaliers and much to the relief and satisfaction of many Cavs fans, according to my mentions, but it's a little frustrating either way, just how the situation's unfolded. And Jordan, I'm sure you saw, but like Draymond had a tirade where he knew he was going to get fined and said it's not fair that a team's able to sit a player out when they're going to trade him, but a player can't do the same when they want to be traded. And it's a bit of a double standard. And then late last night, uh, former Cavaliers legend, yeah, you may have heard of him, LeBron James said, we just want people to understand there's two sides of this coin. It's not one sided. And he backed Draymond 100% and thinks what Cleveland's doing to Andre Drummond is unfair and sitting him out. And Jordan, I want to ask you this before we really start to break into the nitty gritty of this. How do you feel about the cast decision, first off, to sit Andre out? Like, do you agree with Draymond and LeBron? I mean, I, I do personally, but um, do you also understand where the Cavs are coming from? How do you feel about this? So I'm going to be boring and say that, like you said, there's two sides to this coin, right? And I completely agree 100% with what LeBron and Draymond said. Let me just touch there first, because it's also, it's not just, you know, the whole, if a player asks for a trade, then all of a sudden, I mean, look what happened with James Harden this year, which was the prominent Mm -hmm. example Draymond brought up, and versus when a team wants to trade somebody and they sit him out, like what the Pelicans did with J.J. Redick for a bit this year when the rumor mills really started heating up for him and stuff like that 
So I understand what they're saying from that perspective. I will say as somebody who, you know, wants their friends teams to succeed and and very sweet of you and (laughs) of course you know got to support the homies but as somebody who also likes to see how teams build and really since the sixers were tanking my team i've really got into team building and under not understanding team building but it became more of an interest for me and i think for the team it, it's weird to say, but it seems like for the team, I think this was the right move for them. And it obviously stinks for Drummond and all parties involved here. And there is a there is a stigma where people tend not to look at both sides of the argument. They, oh, for some reason, they always want to go support the ownership or the organization when maybe they don't ever want to see it from the player's point of view. But Mm -hmm. I have to tell you from somebody who likes a lot of the talent you guys have, you have acquired and you know, your prospects for the future in terms of draft uh, high draft picks and stuff like that. Sorry to say, but I think it's safe to say you guys will be a lottery team this year, but um, it, I like this for one Jared Allen, who I think is your guys's, I think he should be a no-brainer for your guys' future Um, in terms of maybe because there were – it was clear after the Allen trade that watching these games, Drummond was just not putting in the full effort or anything close to it that we saw at the beginning of the year where he was doing his – 2017 18 rendition where he was that was his lone or his second all-star year but he averaged what a career high in assist he averaged three a game he was doing passes from the from the elbow in the high post and he was kind of doing that earlier in the year with the Cavaliers and then when the Allen trade happened it just became apparent that something needed to be done and so I kind of just see both sides of it I guess I know that's the boring answer but you I really do agree with Draymond and LeBron they're smart thoughtful people and whenever they um whenever they articulate on topics like this I tend to listen because you we do need the player's perspective so I get Mm -hmm. that but from for the Cavs perspective I kind of get it as well do you think it was weird for the Cavs to I mean, I think it was to I when I first heard about this, like I got the impression that Drummond was being sent home just straight up, like told, like, okay, uh, take your ball and go home. We just mm. need you to be away from the team. But like, did you think it was weird to see him sitting on the sidelines when the team played it the is. Clippers we- in Golden State? And like it just felt a little odd. I know there's a little bit of a the farewell hoodie thing is a really good send-off, I guess. But um shouts to friend Spin Spencer Davies. Uh, according to JV Bickerstaff, Drummond's no longer practicing with the team. So like do you think it was weird just to kind of have him there for two games then then you send him off <laughs> it what it okay so that part is weird admittedly and also the optics don't look good on that either because you know like draymond was saying he was seeing drummond warming up and then going back to the tunnel and then coming back out in street clothes so the optics not only look don't look good from a public eye perspective from mine and yours perspective as observers of the league and watching games and all that for the players, it must be bizarre too. And that obviously that made Draymond feel a certain way. So yeah, that part was weird. I would have just rather if they were going to do this, fully commit to it. And really, cause I, that's what I initially thought as well. I thought it was just a, okay, we're just going to send him home and you know, we're just going to 
wait until we find a trade partner and stuff like that. But like you just said, um, I guess it just came in, but he's not practicing with the team anymore. And it seems like they are now at that point where he's, well, I don't know if they're at that point completely, but it just seems like it's at the point now where he's not joining the team and stuff. No, absolutely. And did you, you're an athletic guy. Did you read Jason Lloyd's piece where he pointed the finger at Kobe Altman for this? Um, I have not read that yet. No, I have not. So I'll give you a general gist of it. Uh, Jason lays out Andre Drummond's current situation, the Kevin Porter Jr. situation, how they handled J.R. Smith, LeBron James exit, Tyron Lue being fired, and a multitude of other things under Kobe Altman's tenure. And he said, there's only been one consistent thread here. It's Kobe Altman. And I can understand, yeah, it's a sign of dysfunction, but at the same time, I don't, after sitting on the piece for a little bit and thinking about it, like, I don't think it's right to be calling out a general manager like that because Drummond and Porter, especially in recent situations, were a bit of a swing and a miss on the Cavs part, but they're worthy gambles, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. was one of my favorite or intriguing prospects coming out oh, yeah, of you you wanted him on the six i so did badly. um i mean we're still looking for a, a guy who can create from from the perimeter uh and kevin porter was that was one of the reasons why i wanted kevin porter on the team even though there was obvious risk there i think the Cavs could have afforded to they could afford to take that risk especially considering what he dropped it to uh he dropped it to the second round correct he would he i think he was uh, uh Porter Jr. He was the 30th pick. The Cavs the 30, traded four second yeah. rounders in cash considerations. That's what the it, best player in league history to the Pistons. <laughs> and that's and that so that's what it was. And um, then obviously you know the tra- the trade for Drummond. Those are gambles for sure. And that probably they had red flags all over the place, especially now that you look back at it. But I also don't think it's right to lay this at. Kobe Altman's feet because if you remember he kind of came in like as LeBron was kind of you know already looking towards you know la la land and I think that transition is a lot tougher than what people realize and he's still trying to build out this team what it's been two seasons now yeah, uh, since two, LeBron's departure two or now, well, now two plus uh, with yeah. now two plus, but that takes time, especially when a guy like LeBron um, leaves and then um, the Cavs, they don't have the best reputation league wide in t- league wide and among fans in terms of being a Comp- ownership wise a competently ran organization mm-hmm. and Kobe Altman um, has talked about culture 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 and I think he's still trying to install that because they also you have to look at the bright side they have a bunch of good hard-working dudes like Colin Sexton Darius Garland I think Jared Allen is great for the culture building considering he cares about rebounding defense and running the floor I think that's selfless stuff that is that is a uh, that is an investment in the culture building. Um, so every 
every GM is going to have their hit and misses, especially when you're just starting out like Kobe, like Kobe is. And I don't think it's fair necessarily to pin the Lou firing and uh, the yeah. LeBron stuff, the LeBron leaving, even though we all knew like a year ahead of time he was dipping. And um, I just, I, I don't think that's fair entirely. No. No, absolutely. And it's especially unfair because Kobe Owens one of a few black men who was a general manager in this league. Yeah, and I think we have to be careful with stuff like that. Because yeah, you have to be careful with stuff like that. And you want to be able to, because then it's going to create a stigma saying, because as unfortunate it is, it's the same way of coaches, like saying like, oh, black men can't coach an NBA team. Let's hire the old white guy instead. Yep. Yeah. And that that's why... That's why earlier in the year with the Rock, uh, I know this is a Cavs podcast, but this is just yeah. another example of this. But the Rocket stuff that was going on, I was getting so frustrated because Steve and Silas had to deal with the whole James Harden stuff. The team was awful. They they looked dysfunctional because Harden basically checked out. We remember the really just a tantrum type of cross-court pass Harden through to John Wall. And that was like the one thing where it was like, okay, this dude is done. And Silas had to deal with all that. And that type of stuff, especially for a for a black head coach who there's not many of them in the league and you're trying to get one of these finite positions. That is just another thing that they have to deal with because they're already at a disadvantage. And whenever I understand wanting to critique GMs and stuff like that, no coach and GM should be absolved from criticism, but when it's stuff that is out of their control, like I feel like the LeBron and T Lou stuff and where they were headed, it was obvious they were headed for a rebuild after LeBron left, obviously. And you can't just pin that type of stuff. We have to be careful with how we frame things, especially when we're trying to get more diversity in a league where the majority majority of the positions and higher up positions are are white. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And um, I couldn't have said it better itself. Like this is just going to create an unfair stigma and an unfair disadvantage for people that want to have, you want to hope have good intentions, but there might be racist beliefs behind them just because yep. of the stigmas and associations with this. But as this a black a pro- man, it's definitely, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely been an eye opening. Well, not eye opening if you were paying attention, but um, it's definitely this whole year in change has been frustrating on a whole uh on a whole amount of different levels uh with this type of stuff so yeah no absolutely hey everyone evan here i'll be right back my conversation with jordan but i want to give you a quick word from our sponsor betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing betonline even covers awards tv shows and reality tv it has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head onto the website and use your mobile de- or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Pete Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So we're obviously 
fans of Kobe Allman on this podcast, and I feel like you are too, because you like some of the moves they've made, even if they're swings and misses, if it's Drummond or Porter at this point. But there are quite yeah. a few players left on Cleveland's roster, and clearly with Drummond being available, I think the Cavs are open for business. So you and I can have a little bit of a back and forth of this, because we're going to jump a little bit from the interviewee portion of this to make this a little bit more of a fun conversation. Um Let's play keep or sell because buy or sell is usually what you say. And the Cavs have plenty of money committed to quite a few players at this point. There's quite, there's a couple expiring deals on this roster, but let's how, how about we go back and forth, Jordan. And you okay. can ask me a player. Like, do you want me to keep them? Do I want to keep them or do I want the Cavs to sell them? And then let's say, and if you're in a Cavs fan's perspective, would you want them to keep this player? Or would you want to try and trade them at this deadline? So obviously Andre Drummond is on the docket here, but I'm going to get a little creative and start with his well, I guess Jared Allen's back up. JaVale McGee, would you trade him or would you keep him if you were the Cavaliers by the deadline? I would trade. I would see what I could get from McGee because I do think a few contenders could use a backup center like JaVale McGee. Um, I'm all about, you know, getting your draft capital and stuff like that. And if and McGee does have value, especially as a vertical, at least theoretically a vertical rim protector. Um, and I do think you could get like a second round pick or something like that for him. And I'm always a, I know people will always be like, well, it's just a second round pick and stuff like that. That's another chance at the Apple, I guess, if you want to use that saying. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always, I've always hated that mentality of, well, it's just a second round pick is uh, we could just sell it for cash or whatever. I would be, trying to mcgee seems like one of the few that's like it had they you can get plus value and it might not be much value right because again he's only a backup center he's in he's in his 30s now but i think with his the type of teammate he is and the type of role he could theoretically provide off the bench i think that has a little bit of value and i would just try to get as much value as possible because i do think you guys have um you know, a core to build on. So I would, no, I would for, trade him. No, for sure. Would you think he's more viable for certain contenders? Like I know Brooklyn is the hot topic, but are there any other teams you think would really try what would you'd like to see try and trade for JaVale? Um, you know, <laughs> this, this sounds really bad, but the Lakers do need a vertical rim spacer. Maybe the Lakers, is, is maybe the Lakers sniff around again and bring him back uh, coming off. Uh, Cause you know, he was on the championship team last year, but uh, is he, is he allowed to come back? Cause I don't know. Does the Ogalskis rule apply there? I'm not, I'm not sure, but the Lakers could use a vertical rim spacer like that. Um, maybe mm-hmm. the Clippers. Uh, I would like to see the Blazers maybe make a move because Harry Giles is their second best big right now, and it's not looking good for my guy Harry, even though Dame Lillard has been carrying this team with duct tape and bubble gum. But um, I think that would also be a good team as well. And then, of course, you have to go with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think that's uh, Brooklyn Nets. I think they do need help, at least as much help as they can. I don't know if they could, they won't fix their problems. Uh, completely, but that McGee is somebody I think that could help theoretically. No, absolutely. I think you and I are on the same page there, especially with possibly trading Drummond. The Cavs could get a setter back, especially if it's Toronto with Aaron Baines, or I proposed with Forbes that like maybe it's Cody Zeller and a combination of Bismack Biombo or somebody else from Charlotte. Like the Cavs could be bringing back a player and then 
They're going to have just way too many big men on the roster again, and they try and flip them. But, Jordan, I'm going to shift it to you. Uh, ask me, is there a player I'd rather keep or sell for the Cavaliers? And hopefully you don't put me too much on the spot here, but I have my fears because there are some young guys and some key pieces here. <laughs> so, okay, I actually I wanted to kind of put a twist on this question for you. Um, okay. So <clears throat> the Cavaliers, they're it's no secret that they are struggling, and it looks like they could be heading for the lottery. If you guys somehow win the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes, which of oh. which of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are you willing to let go of? Well, this is going to upset Cavs fans because I've actually had yes, this thought this exercise. Is, this is what I want. <laughs> I've had this thought exercise a few times now. Um, Colin Sexton is contract extension eligible this offseason and according to Windhorse, and i've heard the same from some people colin is going to be asking for the max from the cavaliers and just based on colin's production i don't know if the team should be throwing that kind of money at him especially if there's an opportunity for a Cade cunningham let's say theoretically Cleveland finishes fifth because they've got the fifth overall pick the last two years. Why not a third time for the trifecta? <laughs> right. Let's say who's ever sitting at first calls up Kobe Altman and says, okay, we'll offer you the first pick, which is Kate Cunningham for Colin Sexton in the fifth pick. If I was Kobe Altman, I would zero hesitation say yes. The same goes for Darius Garland, but I think Colin Sexton is the more attractive trade piece between the two players right now. I would agree. And if you were to make that move, because Cade Cunningham is not Ben Simmons, but he's a Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson franchise altering level talent in this draft class. Um, and he addresses a lot of needs that the Cavs have right now in terms of playmaking and defense and, and just so many other backcourt. things. Size, size as well. Like a on paper, you could plug Garland or Sexton next to Cade, but I think I like Garland's fit a bit more as well. So that's why I'd offer up Sexton. Hey everyone, Evan here again with one more word from one of today's sponsors, Bill Bar. The new and improved Bill Bar is back and it's even more deliciouser than before. In season two, they have caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and so many others for delicious new flavors. But they have the season one classics as well, including raspberry, peanut butter, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, and coconut. The Bilt Bars are healthy, and they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. They lose or help you maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. As I mentioned, some of the new flavors include cookies and cream, and it's one of my favorites. It has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. How can you even turn this down? It is better than a candy bar, and it's healthy. If you're interested, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And there's a free cooler with purchase to keep your Built Bars nice and cool and snug as a bug in a rug. Giving a side Christian hug to another bug who is snug in a rug. Free with purchase. Like I said, while supplies last. So go again, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. you get 20% off your next order. Tomorrow on Locked On NBA, join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap up the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you the games, recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Probably the same spot you find Locked On Cavs.
Ooh, I I like it. See, I was I would have probably picked Garland just because I am, and it's not that I don't think I think both players. I actually like both players, right? And I think Garland yeah. has taken a step up in his playmaking that makes me think he's going to be a dynamic offensive player down the road. I I probably would still go. I would still probably trade Garland or at least. Rep- uh, if it's a Cade Cunningham thing, I this a Sexton Cade backcourt that seems really nice, right? Um, especially because of all the improvements Sexton has made um, every year since he's been in the league. But the extension is the max extension is a factor, like you said. And I know Cavs fans might get angry at your answer, but I totally yeah. get it because the extension thing is uh, that's a real thing. And also, Garland has ranged shooting and he has a deeper range than a uh, Colin Sexton. So I think when you have two backcourt players that could, you know, shoot like that, especially because Cade Cunningham has kind of solved the whole, can he really take his game out to the three point line and shoot off the dribble? He's answered that question very thoroughly this year. So I could definitely see where you're coming from, but for me, I would probably roll with the Sexton Cunningham backcourt. If that, if you guys won the sweepstakes, which would be wild, but. No, it absolutely would be wild. And one last guy, a little bit of a, a different one, but not really different actually. Uh, Kevin Love, would you, would you think the Cavs are able to trade him, or do you think they're going to be stuck with him until next off season when he's on a two year? I believe off the top of my head, it's a sixty million ish contract. Would you think the Cavs are able to move him at the deadline, or do you think this is going to be a guy who's stuck with the Cavs for at least a few more years? It seems like he's going to be, well, at least for me, from the outside looking in, it seems like he's going to be there for at least until the start of the 2022-23 season. I'm looking at the spot track right now. He makes $31 million ne- He makes $31 million this year, $31 million next season, and then $28.9 million in his uh, last year. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a downtick <laughs> in a pay rate, but it's it's just one of those things where he's 32 and he was never really the thing the things that you would need him to do he could still shoot the ball he can obviously still rebound and pass but you just wonder how long in the tooth he is and also he's had injuries now um he's still out um and i just it just seems like the money's too big and I just don't know where he would fit. Like you asked me the other day, if you know, would you, would you be okay if the Sixers traded for Kevin Love? And my response was, I'd love Kevin Love on the team, but I don't know financially if it's even feasible. And that's the, that's the bigger thing to me is his contract. I don't know if it's, you you never want to say any con- – we always say that there's bad untradeable contracts in the league, and then we look at John Wall and Russell Westbrook get traded. Chris Paul gets traded after signing what was supposed to be – everybody thought that deal was a death sentence, and now we still mm-hmm. look at Chris Paul producing all these years later. It just seems like Kevin Love's contract would be tough to move just because, just because of the position he plays. He's a little long in the tooth, so defensively, he was never a great defender anyway. But now, um, but now it's even less so. I I just think he's staying there for the long haul. No, I absolutely agree. I think I he might very well may see the entirety of his contract play out in Cleveland, and then maybe he signs with a contender. I know 
Portland is a preferred destination to his because it's his hometown team, but it's just a lot of money. And yep. I could, I think his prominent role I, at this point in his career, I actually think he would be a really effective bench player, uh, especially if he's yeah. feasting on second units and stuff like that. So, but the problem is the money is just, it's not feasible to me, at least. I can't see a feasible trade anywhere. No, absolutely not. And let's shift gears one last time for the last segment here. With Andre Drummond now jettisoned to the shadow realm of the Cavs, as I put it yesterday or the <laughs> other day on my injury update report, um, we're not going to see Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond play this year, at least between Cleveland and Philadelphia. And when, because the Cavs do play Philadelphia on February 27th, it's a Saturday night matchup in Philly, nonetheless, which is a shame. Um, Jordan, I know you're a big fan of this rivalry too. Um, I am. Do well, it's not really a rivalry because it's been it's one-sided. one-sided. <laughs> but um, no, it's funny because I asked Andre about this back when they were pl- he had his first game back in Detroit, and they had to go and play Philly the following night, or yeah, the following night. And I said, "Hey, are you looking forward to playing Joel Embiid?" He's just like, I- "I'm just looking forward to going to bed." Next question, and I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, the spice <laughs> is still here." Yeah. But, um, Give people a little context behind this rivalry first, and why I was trying to be a troll and ask about it, and why we're not gonna well, we're not gonna see it this year. But why is it just even if it's one sided? Give me a little context behind it for the people at home. I don't know what it was, but it it was. I think it was in the 2017-18 season. It was a Pistons game, and um, or it was, obviously it was a Pistons game. It was in Philly, and it was one of the first matchups between. Embiid and Drummond and there's not a lot of big men in the league that are peer-to-peer with Joel Embiid you think Jokic obviously and other than that there's the rivalry the the mano we mano thing um he he's he was looking for that to start his career for some reason he just picked Drummond and Embiid did his thing where he would foul out the other center. And then he started pointing towards the bench with both hands, like get out, get out. And like Mm -hmm. Drummond had like three fouls in the first half and stuff. And ever since then, I don't know why, but every, every time he plays a, this was with Whiteside too, with when he was with the Miami Heat. For some reason, he uh, Embiid just took it personal with those guys, maybe to fire himself up because at the, that time it was Hassan Whiteside and Drummond were looked at by the fan base as, at large as good big men because they put up gaudy double double numbers, right? Even though they weren't winning a lot of games, but that's another story. Um, mm-hmm. So as Embiid is making his, a name for himself, he picked out Drummond and Whiteside and it has honestly it's been an ass kicking every time I think the piss I only remember two Pistons wins one of them Blake Griffin went off for like 54 or something like that he really destroyed us it was a overtime game I believe we lost that one but every time for Joel Embiid has just added Andre to his list and I think Andre said some stuff too um you know you know pregame and all that stuff and every time they're asked about these questions and B just takes note mental notes and he's made it personal every time. It's really, it's a sight to behold whenever you get a fired up and engaged Joel and B like that. Cause it's been embarrassing sometimes watching those matchups. So it's, I'm sad we won't get to see it anymore. Well, there, or maybe you, whatever maybe. team Drummond's on, but I was going to say the Sixers have, 
we're recording this on February 17th. They have eight games, I believe, left in the year. They play Houston, Chicago, Toronto twice. Well, Tampa, I guess. Dallas, Cleveland, Indiana, Utah with a nice four-game home slate to wrap up the year. Um, Toronto and Dallas are two teams that have been linked to Andre. Uh, Chicago maybe as well if the Cavs really get a trade done between now and Friday. Um, I know Pelton from ESPN floated the idea of with them being decimated with injuries in their front court, maybe they flip Otto Porter Jr.'s contract to Cleveland and then the Cavs have Otto Porter Jr.'s contract to play with by the deadline. Uh, We're going to do a quick, one more quick buy or sell if you are any of these teams, like yes or no, we'll just say yes or no. Any of these teams that Philly might play, Cleveland is off the list, obviously, but for these seven or six remaining teams, would you, Jordan, say yes or no to acquiring Andre Drummond? The Houston okay. Rockets, let's just say it happens today. Like let's, for some weird reason, Andre happens to be in Philly and he gets traded to the Rockets and he can't, COVID isn't a thing for once. Would you take him if you were Houston? No. Okay. Chicago? No. Toronto. Maybe. Okay. Depends on, honestly, it depends on what Andre Drummond you get. Cause like we've seen him engaged before and he's a, he's a positive he's player. Not he's not bad. Like it, it just, it, but that's the thing with him. We've seen only like a season and whatever, how many games he was engaged to start this year of an engaged Andre Drummond. Or I guess if you want to look at his two all-star years as, the engaged Andre Drummond, but that's two seasons and some change out of, you know, a long career already. I mean, he was drafted back in 2012 and Mm -hmm. it, I would say maybe for the Raptors, it'd be a good move if we, if he got, if they got engaged Andre. So maybe, sorry, I copped out there. (laughs) No, you're good, man. That's uh, it makes sense. That's sound reasoning, but like I said, they play the Raptors twice. Uh, Dallas, would you trade for Andre Drummond if you were the Mavericks? No. Okay. Well, these are pretty just straight up no's. Indiana, I think this is an obvious one. No. Okay. And then for some weird reason, Rudy Gobert becomes available. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I'm not high. I'm not a big Drummond guy. Um, I liked him coming out of college, but after you see after you you know see it it's just one of those things where it's like is he a winning player like I told one of my co-workers yesterday that I was coming on the locked on Cavs podcast and mm-hmm. he was asking me like oh you where do you think Andre Drummond's you where do you think Andre Drummond's going and I won't repeat the joking answer I had on had <laughs> on here but I was basically I let him know I'm not a big Andre Drummond fan and we had the whole well he's a double double machine and all this other thing put up good numbers in Detroit and I'm and I'm just like I'm just like oh no like not this <laughs> like we're not doing this argument like he's just not he's not a winning player to me mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where we've seen engaged Andre Drummond like I mentioned being an effective player but that you only get that every so often most of the time he's not he doesn't provide much winning his rebounding numbers are padded um i think you were on my podcast last week and you mentioned his rim finishing numbers around the around the basket and it's like oh yeah Uh, how what sorry what was that again if 51.2 percent at the rim that's bad bad 
Yeah, and he, and he's known for padding, doing the Moses Malone and getting his own miss again and again and again. And we've seen that a lot this year as well. I, I'm just not a big fan. So I, I, if I were a lot of these teams, I I just wouldn't trade for him. So whatever other teams you probably had after, I probably would have said no to. <laughs> uh, that's absolutely fair. And I can't blame you in that regard either. But Jordan, that's going to do it for us today. Tell everyone at home where they can find you. I included your Twitter handle in the notes. I'll let you, like I shared at the top, you are the ho- you're a man of many traits and a many trades, and you're a busy guy in general. So let everyone know where they can find you and where you've been working at. Uh, trying to be a man of many trades, but uh, thank you, uh, Evan. You can follow my Twitter account at Jordan underscore Xmas. Um, or that little line in between Jordan and Xmas. I'm pretty sure that's an underscore. Um, you can uh, follow my YouTube channel's Twitter account at Sly Hooper X. Uh, you can subscribe to the Sly Hooper YouTube channel as well. And my podcast, the Sly Hooper Podcast, which is a part of Blue Wire Hustle. Shout out to Ty Windish. Um, and also you can subscribe to Box Out Banter like you, Evan. I have a co-host of my own named Chris. Uh, me and Chris Okamura co-host the Box Out Banter podcast. And it's always good to have somebody who is as passionate of a, uh, about a sport as you are. And a good conversation just starts a random conversation between a mutual friend introduced us. We talked for three hours about hoops and it was like, Hey, let's start a podcast. And it's been awesome ever since. So getting a co-host that knows what they're talking about and is as passionate about the sport as you are, that's always, it's always fun. So the box out banner podcast is also up on wherever you get your podcast. Box out banners, booming Sly Hooper pod is still one of the best name shows ever. Shout out to the dudes at blue wire hustle for making that possible, but for real support Jordan, wherever you can find him, support his work. He is, he's going to be a rising star in Sixers coverage. Just you wake folks and NBA coverage in general. Like he is on every medium and um, check me out on the Sly Hooper pod. We go for a little bit longer. When I first texted him about Joe, he wanted to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So that's going to be <laughs> a little bit more of his medium because we have a little bit more of a time. But until next time, Chris and I will be back next week with more Cavs stuff. So until then, talk to you soon. Go Cavs. Go Cavs.